you watch your... <laughs> now we've got your random little comment at the beginning. Oh, was it there? Yeah. Oh, golly. That's, that's good. I'm glad I stopped. <laughs> that's good. Um, do you know what's not good? What's not good? Recording a whole podcast and, and losing, losing it. it. Never mind. I died. I it it was so good. So we sat down originally, what, a couple of months ago now, and mm. recorded, um, oh, with the Johnny Walker, White, White it was Walker. The White Walker. Um, I've got some in the freezer, so if we want to do a recap on that, we can, <laughs> we can always pull that the, out. If we don't get through these two bottles. That's true, that's true. Um, but in keeping with the Game of Thrones um, theming, I have two items on offer today. I have the Game of Thrones Greyjoy, which is um, a tasty wee drop, and I think that that's going to be quite interesting because it's a Talisker. Mm, one of my favourites. Oh, it's not too bad. And um, and and also some Game of Thrones Oreos, which I suspect are going to just taste like Oreos, but I thought they actually might be quite nice with the Talisker, having a little bit of that saltiness with a little bit of the sweetness of the Oreo and the chocolate. Actually, it's a natch. I think it works. Yeah, I reckon it might work. So we'll give that a shot. And, um, yeah, we'll get started, shall we? Let's go. All right, cool. Let's get this baby open. Play the intro. <laughs> Play the intro. Do you know, I, um, well, we kind of tried and did, to do an intro, and I probably need to do a little bit more work on that. Um, but these Game of Thrones edition ones went through Auckland Airport and picked up two of them. So we got this one, and we got House Baratheon, was it, Lewis? Which is the Royal Loch Nagar. Which we should do on another episode because holy, I love Royal Loch Nagar. I'm free tomorrow night for the next podcast. <laughs> Excellent. Well, after your big hike. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to need it. I love that sound. Actually, this is the perfect Perth weather for uh, for whiskey. It is, isn't it? Oh, God, I love it. Yeah, we should record like three or four episodes, just get completely wiped out. <laughs> we'll just be slurring into the microphone by the end of it. But perfect weather for it, like you say. Well, in, in vino, uh, whatever it is, from wine comes truth. Yeah. Vino Veritas. What can we do with whiskey? Which, of course, is, what, 3,000 years old? Is a, uh, I didn't ask the beverage? butler. Lewis, would you like a glass? Uh, no. Okay, cool. I thought you might. He's watching something on his iPad. Ah, entertaining himself. I'd prefer he buttled a little bit, but, you that know. That would be good. Butling's noisy. It is, especially when there's a fridge door involved. <laughs> oh, we should cheers. Right, cheers. It's a good sound effect. I know. It's, um... Do like a good heavy crystal mm. glass. Oh, do you think that's a bit, bit more iodine-y than the normal Talisker? Mmm. It's softer, smoother. Mmm. Mmm. The initial taste is subtle. It's got, I think, a lot more of that iodine-y kind of taste. I quite like it. Which is appropriate. So, you know the Greyjoys because mm. you've started watching Game of Thrones. I'm so proud. Oh, three seasons. <laughs> I'm just, I just don't do commitment. So, you won't be familiar with the whole Greyjoy clan yet, but um, you'd know Theon Greyjoy. He's the, what do they call him, a ward? And he lives with the Starks. Oh, he's I know like who the he is. third brother. Yeah, Ginger Bloke. Yep. It's Lily Allen's brother. Really? Yeah. Oh, does he sing? Well, his name's Alfie. Remember the song Alfie? Oh, there you go. Yeah. Oh. No, he doesn't sing, but... um. Does he swear like her? 
Well, he he has some choice language during the seasons of that show, that's for sure. Um, So, yeah, so Greyjoy is the Iron Islands. So I always imagined that that would be a little bit like, you know, the Orkneys or somewhere like Mm. that, somewhere really remote, um, only accessible by boat, that kind of thing. Well, because they don't have helicopters in Game (laughs) of Thrones. I think you can whack a helicopter Uh, out there. I actually do remember it. Is is that also the one with the daughter who's much... More powerful and stronger. Yeah, yeah. So yep. you've gotten to that point. Yeah. Yeah, right. Yep. Okay, I wasn't sure whether you'd gone out to the island. He's, he's, big he's an idiot. swinging rope bridge. Yeah. That's the one. Yeah, he's a bit of a twit. He, he comes right in the end. Yeah. Um, so on the back of the box, it says, so we've got a Talisker Select Reserve. That's what they've packaged up for us. What does Select mean? Um, I like to think that someone was very discerning when they went through with the barrel thief and worked out which barrels they were going to be taking it from. Okay. That's what I like to think. A what professional do you think choice. Mm, I don't know. Yeah, no, that's an interesting one. So it says, House Greyjoy rules the Iron Islands and worships the Drowned God. That that whole, like, you know, um, what's the, the thing that they say? Um, <laughs> what is dead may never die. So they basically, like, they kill and then revive I, was, I have That's seen that one where they're all in a cave and oh, one of them just yeah. keeps being resurrected. Yeah, it's a bit weird. Um, and so it goes on to say, the Ironborn make their home on the bleak and blustery islands off the west coast of Westeros, whose unforgiving desolate location shapes their lives. Unable to subsist solely on the rocky land, the reavers take to the sea to make their fortune amidst salt and smoke. They acquire their riches not with gold, but paying the iron price. Situated on the shores of Sky, uh, sorry, the shores of the Isle of Sky, one of the most remote and rugged areas of Scotland, Talisker's layered flavours and signature maritime character are the result of its wave-battered shores. It makes sense. Yeah, so it's really a good match. And it goes on to say the Western Isle of Sky is characterised by jagged peaks, windswept landscapes, which create this intense... Smoky single malt scotch with spicy, powerful, and sweet elements combined with maritime flavours, which I'm getting a lot of iodine mm. in there, but really enjoying it, actually. This is a cold and stormy night whiskey. Yeah. And I, I, I do consume a bit of Talisker. The dark and stormy is a favourite. Yeah. That with a little bit of dark chocolate. Oh, Ooh, yeah. Bit of a winner. What about Scottish tablet? What do you think? Oh, could go. Should we go with Oreo? No, first? we'll go with Oreo. We'll go with Oreo. Um, so there's a bit of a problem. Is that you do have to what, do the butler a bit opened of... them first and ate most of them. <laughs> no, the butler hasn't touched them. Nobody's touched them. This is the first unveiling. So these came as a present from our friends in the USA, Sam and Ashley. They sent us a little care package. Thank you, Sam and Ash. Oh, they are wonderful, wonderful, wonderful people that we met at Disney World. And, um, oh, oh, sweet sealed Oreos. And they've made quite the journey. They went from, uh, where are they? They're in Norfolk in Virginia. Mm-hmm. Um, so these Oreos then went down to us where we were in Florida. Then they traveled with us from Florida. Actually, they didn't travel with us from Florida because we lost our bags or lost contact with our <laughs> bags, should I say. I think we knew where they were. Um, and so they eventually made it, you know, going across the United States through New Zealand and over to Perth. So they've, they've had They're quite well the journey. They're very well travelled. But I might just hit the pause button just while we have a bit of a nosh on one of these. Well, that mm. that worked. That is a really good mix. I know it's a bit sweet with the icing, 
But I think that the it's dark chocolatey flavour yeah. with the whiskey really worked really well. Oreos and whiskey, who knew that we'd be doing this? Uh, actually, I'm going to disagree. I think I need to try that one again. <laughs> You're more than both, welcome both to. Of them, both of them. Mm. Mm. No, and the, and the crunch... I would have to say that with all biscuit, you have to have, have it freshly open, so you do have to finish the packet. Well, I quite like that. Yeah, I might send some on your camping trip, but it actually reseals. I, I've that's never good. seen them do that before. I think that's really cool. So, Game of Thrones Oreos and Game of Thrones whiskey, bit of a winner. And you're enjoying the series? Mm, absolutely. They've all just been murdered at a wedding banquet. Most entertaining. <laughs> oh, because I didn't like some of those characters. It was a very good move. That's pretty funny. Um, but we should probably actually introduce it. Well, you can introduce yourself. You're, you, you've got the words and things. And what and, am I going to do? Well, you say? should you should tell us who you are, and you should also tell us ooh, ooh. What, what should you tell ooh, us. Uh, we won't go with first whiskey experience. What was your first ooh, Scottish um, first whiskey oh, experience in Scotland? Very easy. That was. Um, I know. I know the butler doesn't like it, but, that but was, who are you? Oh, Alex. Hi. Um, <laughs> Uh, school teacher by day, uh, annoying by night. Really, <laughs> plotting new ways to ruin people's lives. Nice. Um, not at all. Uh, my first whiskey experience. I I didn't even drink whiskey. I was must have been about nineteen, and I was at Glenfiddich, and um, it was the first time I discovered that it's actually possible for air to smell forty percent proof, <laughs> and um, I didn't think too much of it. Uh, whiskey is something that came to me much later in life. Um, well, so what, why were you in Scotland at the age of 19, just travelling Just travelling. Yeah, I was nice. in Scotland for Scotland as opposed to Scotland for whiskey. Wow. And uh, just going to a distillery was part of the deal. So uh, I went there. I probably really got much more into it when I was in Norfolk uh, about 10 years ago with um, my brother. And uh, in Norfolk is the England's England, you know, a, a country so old, it's its first distillery and it was only in its third year of operation. So weird, isn't it? Absolutely. And Do you think they just named. left it to the people that knew what they were doing? I think so. Who could believe the English could be practical? <laughs> um, but uh, talk about Brexit. Uh, but, you know, it was, it certainly was an interesting experience, such immature, but very, very good, clearly very good whiskey. And they knew what they were doing, I think, from that point on. I remember buying for your engagement gift. Uh, can't remember. Was it a Brook Lottie? It was. It was a Brook Lottie. And as I you know, I think that might have been for my birthday that year. I remember buying you a 21-year-old whiskey. Yeah, no, that was much later on. I think that might have been for my 30th. Yeah. Because you couldn't afford a 30-year-old, but you said, look, here's a 21-year-old. Oh, yeah, that was it. That was it. Because <laughs> you're yes. always 21 to me. Oh, oh. God, I'm soft. <laughs> um, yeah, so my first whiskey experience was, was, was actually in Scotland. So um, given that I come from... Perth, which is named after Perthshire, mm. uh, which was established by a person from Scotland. Uh, rather appropriate that my first Scotch whisky was actually based in Scotland. And um, as I said, I didn't think too much of it. And I, I, if I ever drank whisky, it just would have been some horrible blend. <laughs> but uh, I think for some reason, I really enjoyed cognacs. And then I decided uh, just to just to quit wine altogether and go down the spirits path. Yeah. I've cognacs been... are fabulous because you do get that lovely variance in flavours from different houses. Oh, and... very much so. I can remember coming back one time from France. I was on a school trip and um, my duty-free allowance was like four times the limit. And uh, I can remember the guy. Oh, because you had everyone else's Indeed. available. Ride. Well, yeah, yeah. Well, people had bought me bottles of, of scotch and Armagnac uh, as oh. thank yous as we were going through the airport and I had to actually present it. And uh, I bought some Armagnacs that you can't 
just can't buy in Australia. Uh, I think you can't buy them outside of France. But mm. um, I remember the customs guy being really apologetic about the fee I had to pay. And I went, don't sweat it. It was so rare yeah. that it's well worth paying the customs. I'm always, I'm always of two minds about it because I think that if you're carrying it on your person and if it's clearly not intended for resale, mm. that the allowance is pretty bloody piddly. Oh, it is. And then go to Japan where it's one litre. So we get 2.25 litres. That's right. I understand that the government's going to make money, but I think when you're bringing something back that is clearly a... Personal consumption. Yeah, it's personal consumption or it's going to sit on your shelf because a lot of those bottles, that's what they do. <laughs> Absolutely. It's because, you know, you, you sort of like, you know, eventually an occasion will come along, but it, it's more of a keepsake that you've mm. brought back with you. And it it irks me that, you know, you, you're stuck with that amount. Where did 0.25 come from? 2.25 is just such an absurd amount. And like you said, like you've got other places that it's just one litre. One litre, as I said, one litre. I mean, I've got, up, coming up, I've got uh, 12 days in Tokyo. How am I going to get through on one litre of whiskey? <laughs> um, are any of the students over the age of 18? I'm not taking any students with me. It's just be me and a, and a languages teacher. Um uh, that would be good, actually, if they're over 18, but no, they're not. Uh, not that we would drink on an excursion at all. But, no. Um, <clears throat> yeah, yeah, let's move on from that one. <laughs> but yeah. it's quite common. I, I quite often see one litre has been the limit. And I can't remember what it is going into the UK, but I think it is something similar. I don't think it's as extensive as it is for us. I think 2.25 is quite generous. It's one of the more generous ones. I actually thought that there was no limit. If, if you came from the continent... To England under the EU, I'm not too. Sure. I didn't think there was a. Well, they probably the don't want to stop and check every car that comes through. Oh, they will do soon. It just irks me that you know, like, you find it. So there was a. Um, I'm one of the friends of Lafroig because that's one of my whiskies. What drink. a great friend to have. Exactly, and went went there. I've seen my little plot. I know where mm. I'm at. You had a flag there, haven't you? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I fell in the bog. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Didn't land butt side down. I I elected instead of going butt side down, I pulled my foot out of my gum boot and put my foot in the ground. And so I had bog foot for the rest that, of the day. That's unfortunate because to me, whiskey is so atmospheric. I, I'm just picturing, you know, you're falling into a bog. <laughs> you're trudging all the way back to your chalet. What do they call it? A cabin? I don't know. What are they called in Scotland? Well, we stayed in the Maltman's cottage, if, I'm, cottage. if I'm thinking correctly, Lou, because we yeah. stayed at Beaumont, didn't we? Yeah, you had you to walk back to your butler. cottage, you peel off all these clothes covered in mud, etc. You have a hot shower, and there's your husband you know, with a lovely glass, triple scotch. What atmosphere? What one, all you need is a little bit of sad jazz in the background, and it's oh, absolutely perfect. beautiful sunset. I mean, that was one of the great things about staying out on Isla, is that so we, did, we stayed mm. at Beaumont. So you open up the windows in the morning, and you can smell them. You know, they might be... Um, starting a mash, they might be, um, there might be nothing but the smell of just the soft smell of mm. um, the barley that they're just turning because they actually turn their own barley for some yeah. of their batches and stuff there, which I think is absolutely fantastic. And you, so you've got all those smells, but when you rock up there, you've got on your table, on your kitchen table, because there's a wee kitchen in there. So on your table, you've got a bottle of Bowmore. Good Lord. And some Scottish tablet, and I think there might have been something else as well. Maybe some soap. Was there some Isla soap or something like that? Can't remember. And Lewis is too busy 
reading his <laughs> reading his um He's got iPad. some interesting pictures on that iPad. Yeah. Um but it's it's quite the, quite the quite the stay. And oh, I'm I'm, I'm really considering do doing it. it for my 40th. Yep. I'm really considering Okay, so I've got seven I, years I believe to you've save got up. you've got a round number oh, that no. would be at the same time and I was thinking maybe we'd go and get a house out in Isla. I think it's a very good idea. I'm about a baronial hall or something. Shooting. Ooh, hunting, shooting, fishing. Actually, I'm due for long service leave at about the same time. Mm. So I could do that. That'd be bloody splendid. That would be really good. Oh, it looks like the uh, Spain's got two litres. Okay. Oh, no. Which would be a lot of fun Sorry, coming no, from Andorra. One, so four litres of wine, 16 litres of beer, or one litre of spirits over 22% volume, or two litres of alcoholic beverage of less than 22% volume. That's weird, right? It must be EU regulations to be that complicated. Ah, uh, yeah. That's so weird. I think that 2.25 is quite if you go to, generous. Uh, if you go to Spain, it's like a three-hour bus drive from Barcelona to Andorra. They have no excise on alcohol, and they have the most amazing collections uh, of spirits, particularly Scotch and French spirits. I have a weird feeling that my cousin married an Andorran girl. Woman, person. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very, uh, very inexpensive, and unfortunately, I was only there for three nights, so I couldn't get through more than a couple of bottles. Well, this is substandard, very substandard. I'm really disappointed that I can't find. I thought there would have been like a list of what. I'm interested in how um, United Arab Emirates has its duty free limit for a dry country. It can probably allow more than Australia. I'm only looking at the preview, preview, but duty free Zurich. 90 litres of wine, including a maximum of 60 litres of sparkling wine. Wow. 110 litres of beer. That's, that's a lot of beer. Yeah, but have you seen how much they pay for stuff? Yeah. Like, that's just... Switzerland is very expensive. We went to Zurich for like five minutes, and we have never spent so much money in mm. five minutes. I remember having a coffee and a croissant and, like, literally just a plain croissant. And I think the bill was something like thirty dollars. It was something. I, I think the the coffee was seven dollars each, and the croissant was four dollars fifty or something like that, in the local currency euros. Yeah, Swiss francs. Um. Yeah. Was it? Yeah. Okay. I just remember it being extraordinarily it is, yeah, expensive. Yeah, it, it is. The, the fast food was expensive. Very much. Yeah, but so was the coffee. The coffee was like. I remember the coffee was like $7 or something like that, or $7.50. Yeah, very. Uh, certainly. Uh, it, be grateful you weren't at the top of a mountain mm. where you had no competition, no choice. Yeah, very expensive country, Switzerland. Absolutely none. How's but your whiskey going? Um, yeah, it's... Uh, yeah. It certainly helped you cough, I must say. <laughs> Either that or talking. I should do talking more often. As a teacher, I don't talk often enough. Oh. Said no one ever. <laughs> really? I'm sure the students think, oh, he's still going. He's still going. Yeah, they do. Do you need a little bit more medicine? Oh, I think so. Excellent. Yeah, hang on a minute. I can feel a cough coming. A little tickle in the chest. <laughs> oh, I had an issue. Put the cat back in. Hmm. I had a, um, had a dream. Actually, it was a nightmare. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm waiting for this then. That... Um, yeah, you know, I recorded round the first episode around the table at Mum and Dad's, and 
I had a dream that I'd left. Um, you've been to mum and dad's mm. you know, where that table is, and Huge they've got that window. Type table. Yeah, well, it actually comes from a school. Oh, there you go. Um, and they've got that window at the one end, yep. and it's actually got the brickwork shelf worked into it. Mm. And so I'd left this bottle of whiskey without the cap in it overnight. And left it out on the shelf and didn't realise until the next morning. I thought, oh, I'm sure it'll be still okay. And it didn't smell like alcohol in the morning. I was very upset. Was that reality or a dream? It was a freaking nightmare. It wasn't a dream. It was a nightmare. It was a nice bottle of whiskey. Certainly not my idea of a dream. (laughs) Random things that you think of. I would would have been running around the dining room trying to sniff as much of the air as possible. (laughs) Oop, there's a bit. Angels have gotten everything, damn it. <laughs> Quarter of a percent in my lungs now. <laughs> but you're right about that um, whole thing of the air literally it smelling is. like it's, whiskey. It permeates everything. If, 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 if Anyone listening, if you've never been to a real full-on distillery, I don't mean those micro ones, it's a real full-on where it's huge barns and everything. If just think of a nightclub where they still allow smoking and how your clothes smell when you step out, mm. except this is really good. Mm-hmm. The air is just thick with a peaty, oh, I could say musky, just a peaty, rye, whiskey, great smell that you're proud to have on your clothes when you get back to your hotel. <laughs> so true. You are not sending that off to the cleaners. One of the cruelest things that, because um, you know, obviously you got that whole thing where they basically ferment a rough beer before they go and mm. distill it. Mm. And we were doing this tour, and the guy doing it was a bit, um, bit of a, oh, he's a real character. And so he had us tasting the rough beer and um, said, if you really want a bit of a rush, stick your head in the vat. And um, it's just it's carbon dioxide, so don't breathe too much, but just breathe a little bit. It'll be tickly up your nose, like you know you used to get with soda when you had a um, like a lemonade or something like that. You mm. get that tickly up your nose kind yeah, of feel yep. a few. Schweppes uh, essence. Yeah, the Schweppes. Yeah, Schweppes. Yeah, there's a plug. Yeah, there you go, Schweppes. You owe some money because yeah. um, you don't have enough. <laughs> so true. They must be extraordinarily like like you look at like coca-cola is so prominent but mm. schweppes is so like let's fly under the radar mm. yeah absolutely. still out there oh, and God. it's like you know if you're buying a soda water or something it's just like you buy schweppes to go in your drinks i learned something absolutely horrifying the other day uh, certainly a product of my upbringing to not know this it, it's very related to whiskey you know the um the soda siphon i have a soda siphon at home mm-hmm you know the um, the little uh, aluminium cylinders that you use? Yes. Well, I use those and it, and it refreshes the water and turns it into soda water. Yeah. I discovered that, that people use them for drugs. Yeah. They horrified me. I know. I had never heard of it until Lewis told me about it. And what are they Trust called? Lewis. He went to a Catholic school. Nangs. 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 Mm. And Is they're quite like, dangerous. They are really quite yeah. dangerous to do. Because you quite often see them like around on the side of the road. And, and you I think, just oh, think, what's that? I just think, wow, lots of people have soda siphons. <laughs> I like this neighborhood. It's laughing gas. Yes, it is. It's laughing gas, yeah. yeah. Yeah, well, I always laugh after I've had a couple of whiskeys. But I don't put soda in it anymore. But, you know, it looks good. That's what I'm saying. Do you know what? It's the atmosphere. A looks good, good Canadian club and soda. Is, is there such a thing? Canadian club. Yeah, yeah, I quite the like whiskey. Canadian. Yeah, with soda. Yeah. With a little bit of soda. Really? Yeah. I suppose it would break that... Because that, um... it it's not the smoothest in the world. That's what I'm thinking. Break the rye up a little bit. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I, I actually don't have a problem with Canadian Club if I'm in, just in the mood for something slightly different. To yeah, or um, even with like you feel like something a little bit more, I don't know, soft. Earthy. 
Yeah, like you could have something like, you know, I quite like it with a little bit of um, uh, dry ginger ale. Oh. Ah. Whereas I wouldn't, you know, put anything into any other whiskey. <laughs> No, oh, I, I, like, sorry, Canada. <laughs> I tell you what, I, I I can remember one of my best friends. You know him, Paul. Uh, we were in France one time, and uh, he would not he would not drink any whiskey. And, and I had two really nice bottles, duty free. Your you. Paul? Yeah, my Paul. No, he never used to drink whiskey. Uh, I have. Perverted. Is that our role in the world? Is to corrupt my boys? my role <laughs> is to actually per- convert everybody into being whiskey drinkers. No, I, I I'm taking responsibility for the butler. Uh, yeah, that's yeah. true. It took took I, I was never able to do it, but um, he's now yawning. Good. I think um, he's shaking his head. I don't think he likes this butler thing. <laughs> Sorry, Lordship. Valet. Um, a, a, a lady, lady in waiting, I suppose. Um, but um, no. So we're staying in a hotel, and I said, you know, you just gotta get to try it. So I, I poured him a glass, and I said, perhaps you've never really had good whiskey. Hmm. Turns out his idea of good whiskey was Jim Beam, I... and he didn't like it. Which was very good. So uh, I poured him, I think it was a, a Glenlivet, uh, which we also have coming up later. And uh, and I poured him, you know, a, a finger. And uh, he points the glass back at me and he goes, do you have any Coke? About 20 minutes later. Did you snatch the, the smel- glass away and just no, go, nope, you do not deserve it. No, about 20 minutes later, the smelling salts revived me. And... Um, I just said, I can give you some drops of water with it. That will be fine. It was the kind of hotel that, you know, running water was a specialty rather than an ice machine. It was in Paris. And um, (laughs) a couple of weeks later, you know, we were back in Australia. And his brother, who used to work in a bar, comes up to me. We'd all go for for a drink somewhere, a bit of lunch. Shakes my hand. This is a former student of mine. Shakes my hand and says, for years we've been trying to get him onto whiskey. No. And... After that one experience with the Glenlivet, there you go, you know, another plug. Um, he is a, a full-on taster of uh, of whiskies. He absolutely loves his whiskey. He's got a much more impressive collection than I do. Really? Yeah. Well, he's had a baby, so he's got you know all this welfare coming in his way. Um, <laughs> well, there was, there was, it wasn't a plug; it was a dig. And uh, no, no, he's got an excellent collection, and uh, I do enjoy driving past his place to drop something off or whatever to uh, force him to open up a bottle. But have a, have a, really a nice collection. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, nice. He only lives five minutes from I was going to say, actually, that was one of my considerations was to get Paul over here. I think I'm going to have to get some ladies on the show mm-hmm. um, because it's become a very – and it is balanced because obviously I am of the female persuasion, but I do feel like maybe it would be nice to have like an all-lady episode. That's a good idea. Because, um, yeah, that would be fun. But Michelle doesn't drink whiskey, does she? I don't think she drinks. <laughs> I don't think she drinks. No, I'm pretty sure she doesn't. Really? So you need to find some uh, – Yeah. I, I, I've got one lady friend that I know will definitely do this, but she'll probably just go, oh, no one wants to hear my voice on a podcast. It's you like, call it women who drink. You do. Women who drink. Women so. who drink. Well, um, I always joked at the beginning that, you know, I'm going to call it Wozcast, so it's the Whiskey Appreciation Society. Mm. But if I wanted to, it could be the Wine Appreciation Society. So me and Rachel, bottle of wine, mm. it would be hilarious. That's actually not a bad idea. Um, do you know what's also a really good idea is Scottish tablet. tablet. Oh, t- we, oh my goodness. Um, the vanilla one. Because I thought the vanilla might be really nice with the, those sort of iodine kind of flavours. And it actually works. I've got a really big piece here. Really? That's what they all say. Yeah, that's what I'm told. <laughs> Lewis, do I have a big one here? 
I think that laughs at all. Mm. Mm. Dad band eating um, the first episode that we did. I don't know whether you've heard it. We ate the yep. yeah, the coffee beans. He's like, it sounded good, Catherine, but um, I don't think we're going to eat on the podcast again, are we? Crunch. <laughs> certainly not crunch. I was no. good with the Oreos. I hit the pause button. But but as I said, you know, I I really I mean I can drink whiskey on its own. I could have it for dinner. It's no problem. I've mm. I've just booked into some. I'm off to Sydney in a couple of weeks. I've just booked into some restaurants and the f- steak ones. First thing I looked at was their whiskey list. No, nice. so there's one just off on Darling Harbour that has an impressive whiskey trolley. I just had an idea for your birthday, but I might discuss it off air. Mm, okay. But remind me that I like the sound trolley. of it. We're talking yeah. about whiskey already. <laughs> it's it's whiskey whiskey centric whiskey centric. Just a bit of an idea that just flashed into my head. Um, so when you travel, do you quite often like hunt down whiskey bars? Mm. Uh, two things I hunt down: whiskey bars and jazz bars. Oh yeah, and almost always they go together. Well, yeah. Um, um. New York has some absolutely astonishingly good ones, uh, but you can actually find some really good ones in, in unexpected places because I think whiskey, jazz, those types of things are the kinds of things that don't necessarily go with a latitude or longitude. They go with a mindset. Yeah. Uh, you know, you can go to Barcelona. You, you, could, you can go to uh, the Gold Coast. And, Hong and, Kong. And, and the, oh, God, yeah. Oh, wow. The Hong, Hong Kong is just an awesome city altogether. But, uh, yeah. They're just there. Mm. And uh, um, I think there's a certain brotherhood, a sisterhood, a fraternity to put it all together. I don't know. Oh, uh, I don't a university know, yeah. would actually probably be the word, a university. Actually, that might be a good way to describe it from yeah. now on. Yeah. Yeah. That, oh, that, no, but I get that whole thing. And like Traditionally, they would have been described as a fraternity. Mm, but mm. Um, there is certainly, I mean, jazz. Community. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that works with me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Put the two together. Yeah, I do hunt them down. It's one yeah. of my favourite things to do is to go onto TripAdvisor and look for wine bars, uh, whiskey bars, jazz bars in the same location. What was the name of the one that we went to in Hong Kong? Ooh. It was on the Kowloon side. I think it's called it was called Tiffany's. Hong Kong or Tokyo? Hong Kong. So, oh, no, not that you and I went oh, to. I was going to say, because no, we were no, in Tokyo. No, Lewis we, and I, we I remember to. that remarkable whiskey oh, bar in Tokyo. Oh, my goodness. Um, Shinjuku. Oh, sure. And we I'm just sure they were still went recovering. down a little alley and they were just like, down oh, no, you don't, you don't want to come in here. We and we're like, English. no, no, we're good. And they're like, but, you know, there's a cover charge. And we're like, how much? And it was like, what, five bucks each yeah. or something like that. And we're like, no, that's cool. And like, you sure? We're like, yeah, we're, like, we're not here to, we just want to drink whiskey. We're still on a high from the Robo whiskey. Cafe. So yeah. probably, probably our antennae weren't functioning about, is this a place to be? But God, it was a great place. Um, yeah, I, I actually questioned after the fact, like, because they really didn't want us there. Yeah. I don't know. In as polite as the Japanese can and be. I don't think that we, we're not revelers. Like, no. we're not. Not, not like not I was on a, on, a, on a rooftop in Hong Kong one year. We weren't disgustingly drunk. I think that, in fact, we were probably actually quite sober. We, we, we were. Because I think we'd had a couple of drinks in the bar before we went into the robot show, but I don't think we, we didn't were have drank anything. anything. In there. Yeah. No, well, you didn't need to just look at what was in front of you. No, it was crazy, wasn't <laughs> it? Was it? Fantastic. But yeah, that was one of the best. And so. It was the, wonderful. And then we, we invented guess. the game, Whiskey Roulette. Absolutely. You just pointed. And we got that so, round in. And so we did the round and when they came out, we said, okay, so tell us what we've got. 
and it would work out without fail that we all ordered something that was perfect because we yeah. kind of figured between the four of us, um, we have a fairly a fairly strong depth of palate. So, mm. like, Lewis prefers to have the the sweeter styles, the, you know, you sort of um, your Highland styles as opposed to your Isla styles. I love the Isla styles, absolutely. And so I thought, well, worst case scenario, we swap a glass here and there. No one will be Everyone's happy. happy. Yeah. But without fail, every time we, we hit all like ordered the most perfect things, and it was the most amazing experience. It was just crazy. And I remortgaged my house afterwards. <laughs> it was really good. I was going to say, I think we had about three rounds there because we could. Yeah. Oh, we're on holiday as well. Oh, no, absolutely. No, no, no. Uh, Japanese do do that particular area whiskey bars very well. Mm, absolutely. Uh, which I think demonstrates its 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 global reach. Um, Especially given that a lot of Asians are not heavy into European spirits, but Scotch is a very familiar one. Wine, in particular, is something that people only collect; they don't drink. But I think they've got that whole thing of prestige, that, exactly. And I think that that's—I mean, you've seen the movie um, Lost in Translation, <coughs> yes. And for a good time, make it Suntory time, mm-hmm. and you just like that whole prestige around whiskey. And to me, Suntory. I always think of Midori. Exactly. Or Lena. Mm. But Santori actually produced some amazing good whiskies. Very like much. Really good whiskies. And they might have a screw cap on them, but they're still impeccably made. Well, try and telling, tell, try saying to somebody in Margaret River that putting a screw cap on a bottle of wine means it's an inferior wine. Oh, precisely. And, you know, right around the world now, they're pretty much going across to that. Yeah. I did get... Oh, <coughs> I've still got a fair amount. Um, I'm afraid so, yeah. Uh, later on... No, no, you don't need to rush. Um, there's a Australian whiskey that we managed to p- procure, Starwood. Oh, and yes. And it was aged in red wine barrels. Is this the Tasmanian one? Uh, Starwood, yes. I think it is Tasmanian. And it was... It's not a bad whiskey. It's not something that I would seek to pay given its price range. Mm. Um, it's not something that I'd seek to buy, but it was so unusual. It almost had the souring taste with the wine barrels. It was just really different. Okay. I, I, later on, I'll get you to given, try something. Given the wheat we produce, Tasmania's climate is not, well, it's not the same as Scotland, but it's not that far removed given the amount of salmon they produce, etc. No, well, like, I mean, I, you look you, at you like... think it would be comparable. yeah. And so you've got that, you know, the sea factor and everything like mm. that. You know, you're on a oh, small island. Absolutely. So. Oh, we have to try that one. Yeah, we should. And. I actually think what you really need to do is you need to actually do a tour of Tasmania and podcast it. Oh, yeah. That'd be the dream. I think so. But I spend too much of my time traveling <laughs> around <laughs> the world to worry about Tasmania. I'll tell you what. Sorry, when, Tasmania. When, when, when Florida has distilleries, I think you might move there, won't you? Oh, uh, I don't think so. I don't think I could ever live in America, to be honest. I could stay for long periods of time. If I was going to live in America, I think I'd probably live somewhere like, I'd probably live in the South somewhere. Like, I don't know. There's something about, I mean, you know how much I love New York, Mm. really love New York, but there was something about staying in New Orleans that I felt at home. Those people were just like... Just the most amazing. Like, if you were to go, like, um, polar opposites, you'd have LA people on one side. No offense, Tommy, if you're listening. And you'd have 
He's not now. <laughs> You'd have – well, no, because I think there's exceptions to the rule. I find that LA people are, as a whole, like if you were to, you know, if you were to make sweeping generalizations, they're not nice people. They're very dis- defensive, very prickly and very – I don't know, maybe they're just like – like Melburnians. Um, <laughs> oh, you really have a thing about Melbourne at the moment. <laughs> yeah, surprise I love you, Melbourne. Corner. Don't you listen to him. You're wonderful. But then you had New Orleans where everyone welcomed you. Mm. And I don't know whether what it was, but everyone welcomed you. We went on this tour and I know and that we're you, on a you tour. You can have, though. You really, really, in cities, you can really – I can remember one time in Paris I arrived very late at night – um, at Orly International Airport. Mm-hmm. I was told the trains had stopped running, had to take a bus, all of those types of things. You know, just young French women came up to me and said, the buses have stopped. One of them, only, only one of them spoke English. Mm. My French was nowhere near good enough. They got me all the way through and got me to Paris. Really? Got me to my hotel. Really? Absolutely amazing people. Uh, and, and I think it, so many of these things, you can just, you just luck out and you fall in love with the city. Yeah. Um, see, I didn't fall in love with Lisbon. Yeah. A lot of people absolutely love it because I just hated my first day there. That, that was it. I think that sometimes once it's got that tarnish on it, it like once it, something it, happens. It took, it took a couple of days for me to come around. Uh, uh, Los Angeles? I, I actually don't mind Los Angeles. I hate its airport. Yeah. I hate uh, the airport. But, but the, the city's fine, especially the Getty Museums. Beautiful. I think once you get around and work your way into getting around the city, it's, mm. it's actually quite good. I think it's definitely a city to be traveling in a car. Yeah. Oh. As opposed to buses. Mm. The buses, man, like, oh, had the worst experience. But I think that, like, this last trip that we had, we had a great time. We went to this place called the Tamashanta. Um, it did, like, it, it's really old school. So it's mm. about 100 years old or thereabouts, not getting confirmation from across the room, but <laughs> it's around that kind of age. And for a LA building to be That's standing old. that long, but it's somewhere where Walt Disney used to take his um, Imagineers and, and his um, like people that were working on, you know, the movie stuff and everything yep. like that with, and he would go there and that that's where they'd go and have lunch because it was near Walt Disney Studios. And Did it's they drink still whiskey? standing. That They have the most amazing whiskey collection. Mm. And they do things like just very simple, like old school pub things. Like they have a carvery. Oh. And I ordered this steak and it... I was the first one of the day, and it was one of those slow-cooked do beef. Don't do this to me. It was so good. So, mm. so good. And then you've got like a little, I want to say salad bar, but it makes so, it sound too much like Sizzlers. I, but I've got a question then for you with steak. Uh-huh. I don't care whether it's acceptable or not. I'm, I'm happy to break rules. Do you drink whiskey? Do you drink scotch with steak? I'm happy to drink pretty much anything with steak. It, it, it just has to be... It has to suit my mood as much as the meal. Mm. I'll drink a rosé with steak, to be honest. I mean, I don't drink sweet rosés. You know that my taste is quite dry anyway, mm. along with my humour. Ha, boom, ha, boom. Ha. She but says not Yes, I will quite happily sit down yeah. and drink a steak with a whiskey. I have no uh, qualms uh, with yeah, that. Yeah, because you know, it's a bit like champagne. You, you can have it in the morning, you can have it late at night, you can have it at, at any time. I probably wouldn't drink a champagne with steak. No, I'd probably definitely draw the line there, yeah. despite what Veuve Clicquot says. Um, oh. But I would, for me, whiskey is something that I actually do drink from time to time at 10 o'clock in the morning. 
Yeah. I'll, right. have, a, I'll have a whiskey. It just absolutely suits my mood. Yeah. Uh, and I way prefer that. Obviously than, you know, not on a work day, but... <laughs> God, do you see where I work? <laughs> uh, no, I wouldn't. Not at all. Um, but um, I do... For, for me, I'm actually contemplating the idea of actually trying to match up types of whiskeys with types of steaks and with types of sauces this that you have with types of steaks. Goes back to my birthday idea but we'll, we'll get back to that eventually write a book on it write a book about birthday ideas with whiskey yeah absolutely <laughs> and then and then uh you know set yourself up as a company uh pay all the expenses put the book together and then claim a tax deduction after you've done the tour lovely sounds wonderful oh if only i could write a book i don't think i've got time i'm not qualified to give tax advice <laughs> no thank you that's 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 a really good point. Thank you, Alex. We, yeah. we we like that you're not qualified to give tax advice. Thank you for I'm sharing. I'm an economist. I don't know anything about tax. I really do feel like I was just looking up at the shelf that's behind you. We've got all these like little ornaments from you know various places that we've gone to, like little snow globe from New York. Um, I think it's the Statue of Liberty up there as well, and, and those oh, sorts yep. of things. Oh, I see her. Yeah, just well, like you've got the uh, Declaration of Independence in a bottle with a cork. We do, we do. It comes we've got in some handy. Stuff from it? Vegas. You just never know when the Declaration of Independence is going to come up as a discussion well, point exactly. in, in in a suburban home in Perth. I've got it in a tiny little bottle. Um, Bells thinking we should really have some tiny bottles of whiskey up there i mean it would just be a case of moving it from one cabinet to another but yeah, i think you're in right, terms actually. of representing the travels i think that that's been a, a how about this snow domes where the water's replaced with whiskey holy heck who are you that is an awesome idea that what a waste of whiskey though you're never going to drink it yeah i would <laughs> it's a hell of a way to get it through customs no it's just dirty water but you could it's you could terrible. do it with the new spirit <clears throat> Well, I, mean, I suppose if you really want to do, you could do one from St. Petersburg and it's just vodka. Oh, how funny is that? What do you reckon the chances are that you're actually going to get vodka in it? That would As opposed be to water. So and you're just like, in case of emergency, break glass. And so you've got like this little seal that you can break. <laughs> and then you go, oh, that would be so it's good. just water. Oh, my God. <laughs> I thought it was vodka in there. Oh, that would be painful. But, of course, you know, in Russia, vodka is seen as a normal staple part of your diet. Well, And is, I respect other cultures. I want to try them. thing about, and I can't remember where I heard it, but there was something about, um, so they were doing stats on the heaviest drinking countries in the world. And apparently it became very hard to measure in Russia because yes. they consider an 8% beer to, Not be, to be alcoholic. Yeah. Absolutely right. They were relying on every country doing its own statistics uh, without realizing that you actually didn't have a median from which oh, to so work. Oh, so you heard it as well? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah, they don't consider be alcoholic. It something we both listen to, but I, I'm sure it was a podcast or something. And and it's just amazing that they're, they're so hardcore <laughs> that they don't even think that beer's alcoholic. Oh, what a place to live. Well, of course, of course, vodka doesn't freeze. Although, tell that to a bottle I've got in my freezer at the moment. I'm pretty sure it's most of it's a slushy. Really? Yeah. yeah. What vodka is it? Oh, I'm not getting paid to plug that one. <laughs> but it's a Russian one too. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's a worry. Next time you come over, have a look at it. It's a slushy. Because, I mean, you've got a freezer, but it's not a super freezer. No, no. Oh, that's interesting. That's very interesting. I if must I can, have a look. If I can get my money back. Or do you think that, like, your brothers come across, come over, like, where you've been overseas and just gone, oh, have me some vodka, put a little bit of water in? That would explain why my alcohol levels are always falling, but his <laughs> seems to always stay the same. That would make a lot of sense. That's pretty I'm funny. I'm putting cameras in my house. 
get that. That's funny. This is like, you know what? I've now got purple vodka. Do you know why? You. Mm. <laughs> oh, yeah. What could I spike it with? Oh, I don't know. Uh, we won't go there. No, we won't. No. Evidence <laughs> I had this weird conversation at work the other day, and um, a colleague said something along the lines of, um, so I'm taking coffee orders, and um, it was something along the lines of, I'll have a three-shot, like, flat white or something like that. I'm like, three shots i'm like that's one step away from taking meth mate <laughs> yeah exactly right i'd be getting rid of the milk and just having it and he was just like actually you've got a good point maybe i do drink a lot of coffee because that wasn't his first coffee of the day either <laughs> well the good news is the latest nutritional research shows it doesn't really matter how much coffee you drink really yeah huh but then again next week will be a different research yeah probably telling you, telling you that one. but supposedly it's the same with water you don't actually need to drink what is it 10 glasses of water define, oh people go about glass. three liters yeah uh no because the body just extracts it from whatever other liquids you drink really yeah so if you drink lots of coffee you're actually still getting the amount of water you want because your body just extracts the water element from what it's still water yeah predominantly water it's just brown but isn't it because it's got the caffeine in it and your body needs extra water to flush out the caffeine? I'm not sure. Supposedly it counts. Huh. It's all part of it. Because I'm, I'm sure there's something about kidney stones and coffee. Yeah, if that's the case, I better have this IV drip that's got <laughs> coffee connected to it taken out of my system. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> maybe. It's bad enough the students have to listen to me, but so do I. Uh, that's why I need the coffee. That's funny. Uh, sorry. <laughs> Oh, I'm very good on the Russian Revolution. Are you? Yeah. Let's not start. We won't. Let's stick with stick stick with Scottish history, shall we? Let's go. We move on to the Glenlivet. We should. We shall. Do you, wish to? Do you want to? Yes. Do you want to so, pause so we can clean out the glasses? Yeah, I might do a bit of a pause because I like a clean glass. Here it comes. Got all our coughs out of our system. We do. Let's do it. Oh. And we've got fresh glasses because I'm too lazy to wash and dry them. Here we go. <laughs> I believe the staff are involved in this tasting as well. Is that right? I believe so. Lou, do you want to come over and have a taste of this? You can share my mic for a bit and we can talk about it. Uh, We can hear you anyway. (laughs) We can hear you. You'd be vaguely off. Oh, he's literally skulking off. God, that was the fastest move. Before you sit down, do you want to grab the box so we can talk about it? It's on the floor. Is he bending over again? He is. Yeah. Glad this is a podcast, not a video cast. <laughs> cheers. And cheers. There it is. Sound effect. I love the way you press that button and that sound just comes out. <laughs> it's like magic. It's like we clunked two glasses together. Clunked? Oh. Is that a word? Yeah, it Clanked. is now. It is now. Clanked, clunked. Yep, we've created a new adjective, everyone. <laughs> oh, that is really something else. <sighs> oh. So, tell your story about Glenlivet. Go for it. When we went to Scotland um, the first time, we the first stop, because we were travelling up to Inverness in a, in a car, and so the first distillery we went to was um, Dalwini, mm. as you head into Inverness there. And it's the highest Scotland, um, distillery in Scotland and great place, like the smells, but have to say not the warmest reception. Oh, it was warm inside, don't get me wrong. But not it wasn't Friendly. Wasn't what I expected. So we went out the next we obviously stayed in um in Venice. 
headed out on a bit of a Speyside excursion. We thought, mm. oh, we'll go to Glen Glenfiddich. That's what we'll do. Glenfiddich or Glenlivet? Glenfiddich. And we were driving along and we saw the sign to Glenlivet. Ah, there it comes. And we went there and we thought, oh, you know what? Eugene really likes Glenlivet. Let's go there. We might be able to pick him up a little something. I a think we did sample. get Yeah, well, a little something like fridge magnet or something. I'm sure we got you something from there, probably a tea towel. I don't know. Mm. No, it was a bar. Oh, the towel. bar towel. Mm. Ah. It worked out that it was – I thought it was going to be really commercial. Mm. And it was the warmest reception we'd ever had. We had a brilliant tour. Excellent. They do – like, they're so family-oriented, not in terms of, like, who they accept in as guests, as in how they treat each other. Right. And we are talking about, you know, the process, and we learnt so much, and they were talking about the new spirit and everything like that. And next thing you know, we're sort of, like, we're looking around the gift shop and – this guy won't do the accent, but he's just like... Oh, do it, the accent. No. Um, Lewis will scowl at me. And I can feel him scowling already. Oh, yep, he's, he pre, he's pre-scowling. Yep, and he said, he sort of like, come up and he's like, so, here you guys want to try the new spirit. Well, come along with me. Next thing you know, we're standing in this broom cupboard, <laughs> drinking a little bit of the new spirit that they had from something or other. I don't even know what it was. Was this before the Queen had had her bit? Uh, no, I'm sure she was well paid. Oh, good. Okay. And um, Yeah, very nice. I'm sure she was. <laughs> Bless her. And in the middle of doing that, someone else was like going, so what else have you guys got planned? And they're like, oh, you should go to this place. And so that's how we got on to Arbalau. So they, they booked us Ooh, on wonderful. to a tour to Arbalau. And we were just like, this is amazing. And then eventually we did get back to Glenfiddich. Yes. And it was awful. Ah, but that's another I'm... story for another day. Oh, I, I look want to forward keep to this. that podcast. But Glenlivet was one of the best finds that we ever found. But this, it, I believe, was a gift to you. It was. This was a gift to me from a very kind colleague who oh, had just done one or two things to her uh, for her professional standing and... Uh, she presented me with a bottle of the Glenlivet Single Malt Scotch Whiskey Single Cask Edition. Um, There's the Autocory. 17 years. Which I think's like, that's just an amazing 17 years. I always think that once you get past 12. Well, probably 15? 12. Yeah. I'd, I'd like 15, 16 year olds for me are where they really start to find their yeah, legs. I agree. But this one's actually a 56%. Which is, you know, a bit higher, about 10% higher than your normal, yeah. like, everyday run-of-the-mill. So, what's our Talisker running at? Our Talisker's running at... Doo -doo. This is 31 standard drinks. Uh, 45.8 alcohol so volume. That, yeah. And this is 56.2. Do you know if you're if you're pregnant, you shouldn't drink this? Uh, that's why I never get pregnant, darling. Oh, um, neither do I. <laughs> Well, that's rather jolly. Um, but this is quite an extraordinary one. And good. I'm so pleased that you decided to share this with us because well, it's so smooth. I, I opened this a couple of weeks ago on World Whiskey Day and uh, I, I could actually comfortably drink this bottle in a night. Oh, I yeah, really could. Yeah. Uh, a little bit that, That's not being a drunk. It is an exquisite whiskey. Have you it, still got some tablet? I do. I'm scootling it your way. Yeah. I just created right. a verb. Oh, look at you. Lou, do you want to try a bit of the tablet with it? It's really quite nice. It's a firm shake of the head. It's really you don't like tablet. No. Oh, you think you this, know a is person? It, this is the vanilla, isn't it? 
Yeah. Yep. Are you good. happy with the vanilla? Oh, no, the vanilla is very good. But I, for I think your the listeners, ginger might be over have? the top. Ginger I wouldn't have with this. And what's the other one? Um, Caramel. Yeah. Yeah. So if, just for a little plug there, this is from a, a place in the Swan Valley, just just on the outskirts of Perth. Yeah, which, um, like, I mean, it's, it's an interesting place because I always play down the Swan Valley, but mm. they are actually developing into quite a nice place because they're doing a little bit more than just wine. Yes, and the wines themselves are actually very good. For those who aren't familiar, Perth has, has two main wine regions. Margaret River, which is about three hours to the south, and Swan Valley, which is about half an hour to the to the east. And uh, there are certain people who live in certain suburbs who only ever leave their suburbs to go to Margaret River, or Margs, as they like to call it. <laughs> Ooh, bit hey, of I, dig. I work there. Um, <laughs> work in that area. But uh, no, the Swan Valley produces some lots of local... Lots of local produce and certainly a phenomenal amount of wine. But it's got about, what's it got, about four distilleries, hasn't it now? Uh, it's got several breweries, a couple of distilleries. So they've got um, Ginniversity. Um, great great a, Northern Distillery. Oh, the Swan Valley. Yeah, Swan Yeah, Valley. sorry. Um, yeah, so Great Northern is the only one that I really know. Okay, I thought there were a couple of others in there. Oh, there is that other one, um, that place that we went to for, was it Jason and Jay? Yes. Something or other, someone's birthday Next or something. Next to Whistlers. Something. Yeah. Yep, yep, next door to Whistlers, no, I know it. Oh, what's it called? I don't know, but yeah, you're right. It's it's growing. Yeah. Well, it's only been there since 1830, so I suppose I'll give it some time. Um, I was trying to work out what Autocory meant, but I'm not really sure what it means. It's just a name, I think. I'm trying to read it. Um, does that actually give any it, it just gives it a indication? Sometimes the back label. No, nothing. Oh, it's all a mystery. Not any fancy bits of paper in there with it. It just says cask edition order Cory. Mm. Corey, what? No, we can do the etymology. <laughs> well, because isn't there... No, there's an odd river up north. What's the river that runs through Speyside, River Spire? Um There you go. <laughs> I thought that mine meant something. Isn't that interesting? Okay, homework. If any listeners <laughs> for a signed, autographed uh, postcard of this podcast, <laughs> if you can tell us what autocory means. Printed on an inkjet printer, we'll, I'm sure. We'll, we'll send you... For the first person in correctly, we'll send you some uh, Scottish slab. I can't believe that we don't know what autocory means. Even Google's failing me. That's fine. But this, I must say, beautiful, yeah. smooth. I could definitely. I could bathe in this. <laughs> yeah. 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 I think it'd be a waste of good whiskey, but yeah. You yeah, could. you're right. Actually, I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't do that. But uh, No. Okay. So what have we got here for notes? Um, good nose, subtle. It's almost something like light and citrusy through it. Yeah, there is a lightness to it. There's no, um, but not over the top with like those vanilla-y kind no, of. No, not at all. It's uh, it's it's quite well textured. It's not uh, like more out of to a knock you off your socks. Deeper kind of caramel to it. Yeah, I agree if, with if that. If it was to have anything sweet in it. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Yeah. A van- not so much a vanilla, yeah, more of a caramel. Yeah. Damn it, we need more notes for this. Yeah, we do. Um, so does that mean I should go off and buy another bottle? <laughs> I think so. I think probably not having a, a mouthful of um, tablet before I decide to go, oh, we should taste this whiskey. 
But it's, it's well, do you know what the 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 uh, the problem with doing that is? Yeah, is that you just have to wait, have a glass of water, and then you just have another glass of whiskey. That's true. But it's, it's quite. It's almost got like a thickness to the to the nose, don't you think? Like yeah, it's, it's, not, it's real. Yeah, yeah, it's not. There's nothing. You're not chasing a scent. The scent is there. No, it's just there, and it's almost. Yeah, there's a viscosity almost to the nose. Ooh, I did chasing. You did viscosity. I like this podcast. It's just a pity we can't share the scent. Because that, that is what I think of when I smell whiskey. It's quite aromatic, isn't it? Yeah. Like it's not, uh, it's, it doesn't just taste like whiskey. No, no, this, you know what this I mean? is, like this it's is not... the romantic, to me, this is mm. the romantic scent that whiskey should be. It almost like rolls into those. You know, like those sweeter kind of spices, like not your cardamom necessarily, that might be a bit strong, but that kind of mix of flavors, like not spicy as in, you know, lots of those cinnamons and those kind of things, but those subtler kind of spices. Um, hang on, I'm thinking, I think I've got such a nose full of it. We're not talking about grains as no. opposed to spices? Mm, maybe. I was thinking more of your, like, the aromatic kind of spices. Like, I don't know how much experience you've had with, like, cardamom and it's it's this sweetness. It always smells like juicy yep, fruit gotcha. to me. Yep, yep. Um, but it's a sweetness as, as opposed to, like, your um, star anise and your uh, mm. cinnamon and, like, you know, your five spice items. Yeah, there is something there that's cracked. Yeah. Yeah, there's something that opens up with it. I'm just not sure. But does it follow through into the taste? Oh, does it? It's just so smooth. There's something almost buttery about it. Yeah, that's true. I think that that's probably what I'm trying to convey with that sort of viscosity of the nose is that buttery kind of smell. I said this about the previous one, the the telescope, but uh, again, this is a. I think this is a whiskey that you could really introduce people to whiskey with because mm. um, it's not going to offend their taste buds there's no deep burn that a rye bourbon no. will give you there's none of that it's actually a very subtle soft and a person drinking this could very easily stumble away rather than walk away thinking they know what whiskey's like it's clearly got a high alcohol content but the flavor is just so easy and smooth to transition your taste buds to you could actually drink too much of this and it's sweet without being sweet yeah I think that's what I mean by those caramelly kind of um, that those notes that I was getting is that it's and I think that's one thing that Glenn Livett do really well is that I've got this range of whiskey and although like it's Speyside so it's never going to be anything particularly offensive mm. but they do that smoothness so well and they were saying that their uh, their French oak the is it a fifteen year old it markets really well with women yeah. And it's not necessarily because it's French oak. It's actually because it's so smooth that women who are just, you know, coming into whiskey drinking. They could just comfortably yeah. drink this. And that's actually the danger is that you could so comfortably drink this. Well, like you say, I mean, I could sit down and finish that bottle with you. and I think that would be a bad use of that particular I, bottle I, because I, I think it's an occasion bottle. And, and I'd take a – you might remember a podcast I did earlier. Uh, in which I talked about the atmospherics of whiskey and how <laughs> yes. I love the Maltese Falcon or Casablanca. I would not watch a movie with this whiskey. No, uh, because I would lose. 
the flavor. It's something that you sit down and, and, and maybe talk with somebody. Wind down. Read a dozen pages of a book and enjoy yeah. the whiskey. I would not use it to accompany um, your other senses. No. I just leave it on its own and let it let it do all the work for all five senses. Oh, very much like that Belle Blair that we had. Um, yep. Remember Daniel came up yep. and it was just something where you have a glass of it, but you wouldn't have a second glass of it because you know that that first glass is it's kind of weird. You know, like when you open a bottle of wine and you open up like a nice bottle of wine, well, it doesn't matter what you drink after that bottle of wine yeah, because you've had that experience for that night. Exactly. That's true. And so why open another, you know. High-end wine. Not high-end, but like, you know. I say precious bottles of wine. I don't I don't buy expensive wine. I don't think by some people's standards at all. But there's bottles that you hold dear and that you save until a moment and yep. then you go, let's open this now and you open it and you all have a glass, maybe a second glass or a half glass each. Bottle's gone. Sad moment, but mm. you know, all things must come to come to an end. If you went and go, oh, we've had that, let's go and have this magnificent glass of wine. No, just have that wine. Have something not cheap and cheerful. No, yes, have something cheap, cheap and, and cheerful, cheerful afterwards. Especially once you're pairing it with food. Yeah, because who cares? You've had that experience. You've, and I think that your palate can only take so much. I, I absolutely agree. And and for me, this is uh, – I, I can see myself tonight sitting with a book, hmm. my cat next to me, Purring away, and I would have a glass of this. Yeah, over a dozen or so pages of the book. We've still got that Bell Blair. Then I think I need to get a book. <laughs> what have you got? But to what read, I'm meaning is, like, you want those moments. You want to space those moments yes, out. You with, do with a really nice bottle. Because like it this. would become a tragedy if this became your normal drinking. Hmm. And I mean, there's. Um, one of my favourite whiskies of all time is the Laphroaig 18-year-old. Mm. And we discovered it somewhere and we questioned them. We said, have you mispriced this? And they said, mm, well, okay, because I think it was like $60 or something like Good that Lord. for a bottle. It was the last bottle on the shelf because obviously everyone's just gone, what the, going to buy this. And so we bought it. I've still got a nip in the bottom of the bottle. Excellent. And it'll stay there. I don't know how long it'll stay there, but there'll I, be a moment where it's appropriate to well, have that last. I, I think I've actually passed those moments because you, you've seen my place. I've got <laughs> champagnes that have been there a really long time. I have got Perry Jouet Belle I know. That I've never opened because they were mispriced. I shouldn't declare that. No, they actually had a sticky label on it that said how much they were, and they were actually the price of the non-vintage champagne, and I got wow. the $300 bottles at, a, at $90 a bottle price. Yeah, you got to have my regret. Yeah, I didn't open it. I think that that's the thing is that there are bottles that you've got to pick the moment yeah. for, but don't let that. I'm getting better at it. Mm. Don't don't let the. Well, I think it's probably more difficult with things like champagne. Yeah, because once it's opened, you have to drink it. It's done. You there's no nip that you can leave behind. Yeah, um, there's that, and also it's got an expiry. Yeah, Whis- that's whiskey's true. never going to go off. You might find that the angels have thiefed a bit of. Have you shared a, a house with my family? <laughs> Those angels come in quite often. Really? <laughs> and a sealed bottle. <laughs> it ain't sealed for long. Oh, really? No, 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 no. I'm the worst. I am by far the worst. For uh, it. Yeah. But you know, it, it's like you say. It's probably easier with whiskey because of you can make the bottle last for a long time once it's open, and also. 
it's got a long shelf life. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, it definitely does. You're not, you're not talking about here a grape variety that has to be drunk in eight years. No, exactly. So I just think that, yeah. But so. still, I mean, you don't you don't want to go to your grave knowing that there's that bottle of, I don't know, um, there's a Glenmorangie 18-year-old or like a, you know, something that, you know, you know it, you like. I can't remember who, who it is. I've got a discovery. I think it's a Glenmorangie discovery. Really? Yeah. Uh, that is, it's five years since I've had it, and it looks really good in its packaging. But one day I want to drink it. I'd just like to know when I'm going to die mm. so I can drink it the week before. <laughs> nice. One day, one day. Um, but I'm sure you've got a bit of time up your sleeve. You'll be fine. I'm sure that you'll find an occasion where it's appropriate. Well, I'll say this much. How about I spin it around a bit and actually go, how about I drink it next weekend? And then spend the rest of my life finding that same bottle again somewhere else. Oh, There's a mission. True. I found that's a mission. A, that's a great little mission. My cousin bought my dad a bottle of the Glenmorangie Signet. Yeah. Um, which has got a 30-year-old in it. Mm. It's it's a pretty exquisite little bottle. And while I went away, my cousin came over here from Victoria. Oh, no. And I get this message, and I thought they were just horsing around saying that they were drinking it. They drank it. They saved me a bit. But they drank it while we're on the ship. I uh-huh. laughed so hard. So saw this message, got on the ship, not next to each other like that, but, you know, sort of like seen the message during our travels, then got on the ship. And one of the things that we did was we had a whiskey tasting. And I thought it was going to be whiskey with an E. Yeah. It was actually single Scotch. malt. Wonderful. And it was fantastic. And Glen Morangy mm-hmm. Signet. Ah, it was brilliant. one of the bottles that was brilliant. open for us. So you got to try it without having mm-hmm. opened it. And so else's. I thought, even if they really did open it, because at that point I thought they were just horsing around. And so even if they have opened it and drunk it, I've been able to taste it. And I can say, that's nice. We had it on the ship and I thought it was lovely too. <laughs> but it turns out that Dad actually saved us some. And it was amazing. Such an exquisite drop. Yeah. Such an exquisite one. And you just think... There's such a wide world out there of, mm. like, different whiskies. Scotland and... is so small but so big. Yeah. But then you can go beyond Scotland. Oh, go like, France. You look at what they're doing in Korea. Oh. Cavalan. Ka- Absolutely. Just, every time that we go to um, Hong Kong now, because it's quite available duty-free, we grab a bottle of Cavalan. Mm. So, oh, haven't tried that one. And have that as our drinking bottle. And it's amazing. Yeah. Just exquisite. And, yeah, Japan. Uh, Japan, uh, Amorak from Norman, uh, Brittany in France. Yeah. does uh, You've had some of that. That's uh, quite remarkable. That's – and just everyone's sort of like able to do a version of. Yeah. I don't think anything quite compares to the, to the, the Scottish no. dis- distilleries and no. what they do. No. And, uh, you know, uh, if we really wanted to go back in time, I think whiskey comes from uh, Babylon. Oh, there's a whole... But uh, that particular area of the world is pretty dry these days, so you wouldn't get too much whiskey from them. But uh, I think the Scots have certainly perfected it. Yeah, that's true. And I think, you know, there's that whole like thing of, like, who did it first, the Irish or the Scots? It's like with Pavlovas over here. Yeah, no, Australia did it first. Oh. Um, actually, I believe, I understand, the, the Irish actually did do whiskey first, but mm. only because it reached them first, then it went to Scotland. Right. But they didn't invent it. 
No, no. Yeah. It came from um, elsewhere, Egypt and Babylon and exactly. those sorts of places. Yeah, it took thousands like of years to get there. It's like um, apparently there is. Um, you mean Foster's so, didn't invent beer? <laughs> Guinness didn't invent Guinness. I've never drunk Foster's. I'm an Australian. <laughs> I don't think that I've ever I don't had think it. Met I remember who has. we went to a pub once um, where Lewis's dad's from, and um, we were meeting up with some f- like old old friends of Lewis's dad's, and so one of the um, daughters was there, and she'd be oh, probably a couple of years old than Lewis, and she sat down and ordered a Foster's, mm. and we're like, "Who are you?" And she's like, "Oh, I like it. It's just like a nice light drinking lager." I'm like. And then started talking neighbours and home and away with you? Ah, uh, no, no, no. She's, she's actually a lovely, lovely person. It was just like, oh, why are you drinking Fosters? And she's like, I actually quite like it. It's like, well. <sighs> I, I really don't know anyone who drinks it. No, just, I don't, I don't yeah. hope that's not even snobbish. I actually no, no, just no, no. Don't I don't think that it. they even serve it in Australia. I pretty much, pretty, pretty sure they I don't. think it's just an export only item. <laughs> they probably don't actually even brew it here. But anyway, I think we should probably wrap up. So what do you as, think? Yeah, as so long as Tim Tams continue to be made in Australia. Oh, Tim Tams. Maybe we should do a Tim Tam episode. Actually, now there's a pairing episode. Tim Tam. Tim, with the which, varieties which, of Tim Tams with which types of whiskies. Ooh. Do you know I think that Tim Tams actually might be a gin item? Because you can get those all those like different flavour Tim Tams. Okay. Well, this requires empirical research, so let's get started. <laughs> All right, we'll catch you next time. Bye. This podcast has been brought to you by the Gentlemen of Pop Culture.